welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Meow. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. Joining me as always is the local lovable Canuck himself, Zachary Q. Hicken. Meow. No, I have to go with that. That was that was so unexpected, yet so delicious and good and uh, great stuff. Shout out to Ricky Rubio. And then also on the ones and twos is the digital deacon himself, Sean Philip Seymour Walker. Always good to be back, guys. Always good. So I think you've added a new middle name for Sean every week. And now I think, what is it, next week is going to be Sean Philip Seymour Hoffman Walker. R.I.P. R.I.P. Gone way too soon. Way too soon. That's, that's, just, that's just too much, Zachary. Um, yeah, so uh, welcome back to Sports Beat After Hours, the podcast from the Sports Beat guys. Um, you know, after the show on Sunday night airs, we like to talk about the stuff we didn't get to talk about, a little bit of pop culture, whatever's bothering us, a.k.a. rants. And, uh, AKA hashtag Zach rants. Zach's got a big rant for you at the end of this pod. Um, so not, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been a while since we jumped on the pod because there have been some changes going on and, um, good changes. It's just, we've been a little Hema, busy. Hema, be transparent. Let's be transparent for the listeners. Don't talk down to them. Uh, the government has shut us down. We've all been furloughed, and we just barely finished using up our sick pay, so now we have to keep coming to work, even though the government shut down, and they're not paying us, but they promise they'll give us our back pay as soon as the government opens up again. Hashtag pay us for stuff. I couldn't think of a good one. <laughs> Hashtag pay the TSA. We we are living. Welcome to 2019, guys. By the way, which I'm not going to get too political on you because this is a hashtag politics free zone. Um, but we are currently living in the 2019, where the TSA and TSA agents in particular are some of the most sympathized people in America. <laughs> How does that make you feel? What a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! Literally, it was like six months ago. People were just complaining about having to be groped by TSA every time we jumped on a plane, but now they are like the Robin Hoods. Yeah, now of... now they are they are taking from the rich, giving to the poor, and by taking, I mean taking a beating because they're not actually being paid. Shout out to the TSA folks. Shout out to the Utah Jazz though for giving away free tickets to government em- employees like the TSA working through this shutdown. Yeah. What a good organization, right? Oh, my oh, gosh. so awesome. Uh, I think uh, pick up for those tickets if uh, any government listeners are working are tomorrow at 1 o'clock. You can pick up tickets between 1 and 3 tomorrow for the game against the Timberwolves. So uh, really cool that the Jazz were able to get some season ticket holders and uh, fans and local businesses to put that together and uh, give that to uh, some of the furloughed employees. But speaking of the Jazz, man, the Jazz are on a roll. Um, I can't say enough good things about the Jazz. Also, not only are they on a roll in uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, they are on a roll on social media and on TV. Their commercials that have love, come out love in the past you, couple Angie. days love you, Angie. are just hilarious. Shouts to Angie. Uh, she, I don't know how, how involved everyone is with what, but, dude, these commercials are hilarious. The one where... Uh, Donovan Mitchell comes out as a cat guy is (laughs) some of the funniest stuff. I'm not even a cat person, and I love that Well, the thing that's funny is Donovan 
actually really isn't a cat guy. He has a dog with an Instagram account that has over 10,000 followers. What's? Why am I not following that? Uh, I can't dog? remember the handle, but on, I found it the up. other day. He has like a golden doodle or something like that. And uh, Or no, it's a French bulldog, I think. Searching. I'm, this is riveting radio, but I am currently searching. Okay, quickly Donovan before he finds it. Dog. What are what could Donovan's, Donovan's dog's name be, possibly? Um, Dogovan Mitchell? Perhaps. Ooh, I think we just found our uh, fake Instagram Don, account. Donovan Mitch Howell. Don- um, <laughs> if it is a bulldog. I mean, if it's a female dog, there's really it. <laughs> it rhymes with Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> I don't think we can say the full name on the podcast, but. Oh man. Um. Let's see. What other dog names can I come uh, up with on the spot? Okay, his dog's name. Do you guys want to know what it is? What? Pablo Escobar. <laughs> uh, hashtag spider pup uh and uh yeah his uh his instagram handle in case you guys are wondering is at ladies love pablo it's not quite at ten thousand. it's at pablo. nine thousand seven hundred seventy three followers Guessing... nine thousand seven hundred and seventy four and after him it's gonna be nine thousand seven hundred and seventy five so Good shout work. out to uh pablo escobar um <laughs> Is he is yeah. he can is he uh not confirmed? What is it? Uh verified? He's not verified. Let's get him verified. He does he does have photos of himself with I think that's Donovan's sister. So that's a thing. Totally. He's a he's a very good boy. He's a very <laughs> he's good looking good dog. Um it's a very good boy. He's also dropping fart bombs like Escobar. Yeah. So <laughs> um shouts to Pablo Escobar, shouts to Donovan Mitchell who uh, like the Jazz. Well, he's kind of, as the Jazz have gone, he's gone, and the Jazz have won seven of the last eight, and he's been on a roll in the last eight games. He's averaging 31.4 points per game. Uh, just playing absolutely fantastic. And so it's been really cool to see that um, that turnaround from Donovan because everyone was waiting for it to happen. There's a lot of hype built up for this sophomore season after the way that he finished especially that series against OKC where he was basically going like blow for blow with Russell Westbrook, um, just matching each other bucket for bucket and scoring 40-plus points and putting up huge games. Uh, gets injured against Houston, and everyone's just waiting for him to take off. He had a nice start at the beginning of the season, but then had a huge lapse through November and December, and now it looks like he's finally back. He's found himself, and uh, it's been nice. Um, we had a Tony Jones on Sports Beat last week last saturday you can go on our youtube channel um or on the ksl tv app and listen to that interview uh in in its entirety but here's what tony said about what the difference has been with donovan um in this last uh last month well his his reads off the pick and roll have have gotten have gotten demonstratively better um in, in the he had kind of tunnel vision in the first two months of the season, and teams knew that. So they knew that if he was coming downhill off the pick and roll, he's probably going to shoot the basketball. And, you know, when you know that one, a guy is going to do one thing and you have to defend against one thing, uh, it, he becomes, that guy becomes easy to defend. So great. I mean, it's true what Tony said. Donovan Mitchell has been um, a little more unpredictable. Um, you'll see him drive to the hoop and then like last minute dish to somebody, whether it's favors or Rudy, or he'll even kick it out to uh, Joe Ingles in the corner or something. Um, or Donovan can take it to the hoop. Like we've seen him always do, or he'll shoot the three. He, he shot, let's see the last game. He shot six, 60%, six, six for 10 yeah. from three. 
uh, unreal. And I think uh, that's why Donovan's kind of turned a corner. Yeah, and and also unpredictable. Just the the spots on the floor he's also been able to play, where he's gone through the stretch now, where he's been the primary ball handler, the point guard for the Jazz. He's playing some two, he's playing some three. I mean, Rudy Rudy's got to watch out because he's probably going to be in the post before the next like month is over. Like, I think you're starting to see a lot more out of Donovan's game than just that guy who can score a lot of points. Well, and one thing that we're seeing more, and this happened kind of out of uh, a, a lack of um, roster spots of point guards for the Jazz because all three point guards on the roster, traditional point guards, went down with injury. So Donovan has to step up as the primary ball handler. Joe Ingles is the second guy who's handling the ball a whole lot. We'll get to Joe later, but um, Donovan has... Uh, when before uh, the three point guards went down to injury, he had been the primary ball handler on less than 10% of the Jazz possessions through the first half of the season. Uh, last season, he was up around 25 to 30% of the time. He was the primary ball handler. So it's just giving him opportunities to make plays and be that playmaker. And um, like Tony said, he's been more versatile with what he's doing off the pick and roll. He can pick and pop. He can, If they go under the screen, he'll shoot the three. If they go over, then he'll drive to the basket. He's getting more lanes to drive to the basket. And I feel like he's also been more explosive. Um, I think that we saw a lack of explosiveness in his game, especially driving to the rim. Um, a lack of dunks uh, in the first half of the season. And I think part of that had to do with the amount of travel that they're playing, the tough teams that they're playing. And he was coming off an injury um, that he suffered in the first part of the season. But uh, the improvement that we've seen is very good. And uh, he's getting his teammates more involved. And uh, I think that his teammates are really enjoying that. Yeah, he's. it's almost like there's this second half of the year that uh, that we're coming to expect out of this Jazz team, and in particular out of Donovan Mitchell, where, where he kind of he takes the first couple of weeks to get under himself. Um, and then when everybody's freaking out, he goes, y'all, chill, we're fine. Uh, what's the tweet? We got this? <laughs> we got this? Um, so, yeah, so here's a little bit more from uh, from TJ, our boy TJ, Tony Jones, on uh, Donovan Mitchell. In the last month, you know, he's, 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 he's mixed it up. He's coming downhill. On one possession, he's putting up a floater. He's coming downhill. On another possession, he's going straight to the basket. Or he's finding shooters in the corner. Or, gasped, he's actually throwing lobs to Rudy Gobert. Because that's a running joke yeah. uh, inside the Jazz locker room. Rudy will always go up to Donovan. He goes up to Donovan every day. Why aren't you throwing me lobs? Why aren't you throwing me lobs? I'm open. You know how Rudy is. Yeah. Rudy's always open in his mind. Yeah, so it's been it's been good to see Donovan get others involved. And... Um, of course, his shooting numbers are going up, but uh, so many times I think that he felt forced that he had to be the playmaker for the Jazz, and so he was forcing things and not getting up great shots, but he's added a lot of confidence in his game, and by getting his teammates involved, I mean, Rudy's playing at an all-star level this year. Um, he's doing a really great job of, uh, well, he's done a great job this season of improving his offensive game, finishing at the rim. Um, he has the highest field goal percentage in the NBA. Um, he's leading the NBA in screen assists. Um, so many things that he's doing on the offensive end. Also leads the NBA in French cuss words in <laughs> per 40 minutes. <laughs> and calling out his teammates for being cat guys. <laughs> but um, just what he's what he's doing, he's always been an elite defender, and that's been his reputation around the league, but he's developed his offensive game um, to really complement that, and he's uh, really... Um, becoming an impact player that the Jazz need because they need 
a guy that can score in the low post, and he's been that for the Jazz. He is also, uh, how you say, uh, he is a stifling tower. No, like, this guy is incredible, guys. I mean, you know, he had, we talked about. TM Jody Genesis. <laughs> we, we talked about, you know, he had that, was it 20 rebounds uh, back-to-back, was that? 20 yeah, plus? Yeah, first, first guy since uh, Carl Malone in 98. Yeah, and so he's just doing work in the low post, and it's just uh, it's just the caliber that Rudy's been playing at while improving his uh, offense. It's Excuse been, me, it was eighty-eight. Sorry, eighty-eight. Uh, yeah, so um, great stuff coming from our two biggest stars, honestly. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, and Tony touched on that a little bit again on Saturday, and so we'll hear what he had to say about his thoughts on Rudy. Um, here's what he had to say. He's a guy right now. I mean, I, I'd say that he's one of the two best centers in the NBA. Mm. Um, you know, the, you know, I know Nikola Jokic is having a great season in Denver, but, you know, in, in my mind, it, to me, the be- two best centers in the league are, are Rudy and jo- Joel Embiid. And you could put those two and you could flip it in terms of, you know, what the order is or whatever. I won't argue with you on that, but I think yeah. that those two guys are the two best centers in the league. And he's become a two-way star. Um, obviously, the defense has always been there, and he's even taken that up to, to a co- kind of career level uh, in the last month. But offensively, this is the best that we've seen Rudy offensively. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool because this interview was, was a Sunday. Um, Saturday. Saturday. And he was kind of right, you know. Uh, Jokic and uh, Gobert went toe-to-toe. Um Wednesday night, and uh, Rudy Tony, came out on top. Tony Jones making predictions like Tony Romo. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, I think a lot of people are going to – people who didn't watch the game and just look at the box score are going to see that Jokic scored 26 points. But his offensive game is so versatile, and what he does opens up the floor not only for his teammates, for for himself because he can shoot from the outside. He's a very athletic big um, in terms of being able to drive to the rim and – uh, do a lot of things with his offensive game. Um, he's not an elite uh, jumper. Um, he's not going to jump over Rudy by any means, but he has really nice offensive touch. He can finish at the rim. Um, he can pull up, uh, hit a fadeaway jumper. He can hit a pull-up three, off the bounce three. He's a very good um, offensive weapon. And then he just gets his teammates involved. And so holding a guy like that to 26 points, um, I don't know what his shot percentage was, Um People around the NBA are going to be like, oh, Jokic got the best of Gobert. That's not necessarily the case. Gobert had three blocks yesterday. Um, I mean, he's just such a defensive presence. Um, he, he impacts every single game. And so uh, I, I think um, it wasn't in that cut there, but Tony referenced Gobert being one of the two best centers in the NBA, yet he hasn't been named to an all-star game yet. And this might be his first opportunity to do so. Um, would be this season. And so um, he's kind of going up against in the front court a guy like Anthony Davis, uh, Nikola Jokic, Clint Capella, um, and uh, Rudy. Rudy's right there as well. So um, I think he deserves it uh, just based on his play, what he's done this season. His play has gone to another level in this last month, and he's really carried this the Jazz um, down this stretch when they really needed him because, I mean, for as much as Donovan does – it takes five players to uh, uh, on the floor to be able to get a win. Yeah, and and you talk about what Rudy was able to do 
against Nikola Jokic um, in uh, in that Jazz win over the Thugs. I mean Nuggets. Sorry, <laughs> I mean Nuggets. Sorry, it was a slip. My bad. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think you're right, Zach. Like a lot of people are going to look at the box score and go, oh, well, Jokic had 28 points, 21 rebounds. Like, how is that holding him? Um, this is a guy who averages a double double. Yeah. You know, he's a 19 and 10 guy consistently every night, does what he does. Um, I disagree with, with Tony a little bit in that I, I really think this guy is, I really think that Jokic is becoming one of the best centers in the league. Um, and it pains me to say that about a Denver player, it pains me a lot. Uh, but, it, it took so it took Nikola Jokic twenty one shot attempts to get to twenty eight points. Well, and the thing too, I mean, that's volume shooting. Yeah. out of your seven foot center who in the games before Utah shot twelve, eighteen, twelve. Uh, he had a blip with twenty three attempts, fifteen and nineteen shots. Like this is a guy who took twice as many shots against the Jazz as he normally does, um, and he was. Pretty close to average, maybe a little above average mm-hmm. from the rest of the season. Well, and part like, of it that's, too, like that's I think that's saying something for yeah. Rudy. Well, Rudy's going to come off the floor, and uh, guess who got ejected yesterday? Derek Favors got ejected five minutes into the game. <laughs> He's the primary backup center. Um, they slide him over to the five, and then bring in Jay at the four a lot of times. He's not playing the five. It's Epe who's coming in, and Epe's a good player, but um, he's not Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is the best defense defensive center in the league, excuse me. And uh he has to come off the floor. He can't play forty eight minutes a game. And so Jokic was able to kind of attack a little bit. Yeah, he can't play forty minutes a game. Who do you think Rudy is? TJ Haas? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to college oh, We'll get to college yeah, basketball. We'll get to college basketball. Oh, enough, sorry. But... <laughs> we apologize in advance. Um so can I tell you guys about the best part of like the game Wednesday night was uh you know at the end when Donovan Mitchell talks about um, how lit the that vivant arena was and how loud it was and how some some guys that were on the sidelines here um, pretty much were drawn at the uh, Denver players so much that they uh, that they violated the five second rule or whatever like to inbound the ball and so uh, here's Donovan talking a little bit about this. I told them, I had asked them, I said, just yell in his ears. Like, that's why I kept saying, just yell at him. You know, it, it literally not distract you. So I told them, like, kind of act like the Duke crowd and just, like, yell and scream. And if you watch, like, they were really after it. That's why I gave him a high five because he was in his ear, like, from, from the beginning. So I, I appreciate the, the crowd's uh, aggressiveness, I guess you would say. Can we start calling uh, jazz fans for home games at Vivin Arena? Don, Donovan Madness? Mitchell crazies, I mean he's making he's making a reference obviously to Cameron Indoor Stadium, sure. right? You know, and the Cameron crazies, so, right? Like Don Donna Donna Mads maybe, uh, Donovan's uh, army. I don't know. Like, I mean, playing off of Dumbledore's army. It's the nerd <laughs> me coming out, but Donovan's army. <laughs> no, I I think what I mean here's the thing, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess you could I say think that Donovan Mitchell has more sway in the state of Utah than President Russell M Nelson. <laughs> Um, like, follow I mean, the Mitchell. I mean, follow oh the Mitchell. Donovan, <laughs> Donovan is probably Donovan's probably right up there with Spencer Cox in terms of uh, popularity. Most followed leader in the state. No, yeah. I I think that if Donovan said jump, you jump. If Donovan says, hey, you know, I need you to scream and get in these guys' heads, 
If he comes over and says that to you specifically, you are going to lose your mind. Okay? Like, if Donovan, and then going over and giving that guy a high five, like, he, one, he's already so cool. Two, like, he just has the charisma and personality that, like, everyone loves him, and he's just a down-to-earth guy. Everyone that comes in contact with him just says, he's so cool. Like, he's so down-to-earth. He's so polite. He doesn't have a big head. Um, and so I think that's what's made him so popular, especially here in Utah, where, uh, you know, a lot of those people that don't, that have a very big personality necessarily don't fit, uh, in because they want to go to a bigger market. And so I think what he's done so far in his first two years, has made himself so popular that, yeah, you know what? We should name the, the fans that sit courtside, like the Donovan crazies or Donovan's army or something. I don't know. Like, let me just say that something, but all those names were terrible. We'll have to come up with something better. This is sports beat after hours after all. Um, no, we'll we'll figure something out. But I think you guys are absolutely right. Donovan Mitchell owns this town, and he, dude, I think that guy probably the guy that got the high five at the end of the game, like at the end of the play, dude, he's probably like, do you think I'm he's never washing this? Never hand. wash my yeah. hand. Do you, yeah. do you think he's washed his hands since then? Like, on honest question, like, no way. It's been about twenty four hours. He I bet he, his hands I bet he cut it off and framed it. That's what I would do. <laughs> like seriously, all you need to do to show how much people love Donovan, go and look at on. Uh, I think it was. Friday night against the Cavaliers, he gave a pair of his shoes away um, to two girls that were sitting baseline. And the look on their face when they got the shoes was the most priceless thing you'll ever see in your entire life. They, I don't think I've ever seen anyone that was so happy in my entire life to get a pair of used sweaty shoes from an athlete that I'm sure just smelled terrible, but it would have been what I, I would freak out. I would scream like a girl if I got his shoes. And this is the thing is like, we're a bunch of grown Amen over here. And we're like jealous of these little girls that got Donovan's shoes. And it that's just the kind of impact that he has. Stealing the ball till it's almost funny. Famous Mitchell with the Utah Jazz. And I sure do love to watch him play. He's he's the best. And I I mean we gotta give credit to some of the other players on the team. Um Joe Ingles uh has really improved his play, um, especially playing that point forward position. Um, he kind of had a little bit of a, uh, uh, a drop off, um, at the beginning part of the season, but I feel like he's turned it around a little bit and he's starting to find his rhythm a little bit. And, uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been, um, a big help because he's a player that the jazz are going to build around moving forward, even though he's 31, I think he turns 32 next season, but, um, Basically, like him. But that's twenty three in Australian years. Right, right. To be fair. so, he, Rudy, and Donovan are kind of the Jazz core right now, um, and they have some opportunities to kind of build around that core with the trade deadline coming up um, in free agency this uh, this um, off season. In fact, uh, just to give you an idea of what kind of flexibility the Jazz have um, this off season. They have $45 million on the books for Rubio and Favors that Favors has a team option. Rubio's a free agent after this year. $45 million that the Jazz can go after a marquee free agent this season. If they decide to let those two walk, I don't necessarily know that they will. Um, again, that's up to Jazz management. Also, because they're kind of favorable contracts, Rubio's on an expiring. Favors is on a uh, uh, the second year of his contract as a team option. Um, the Jazz could maybe move both of those guys for a big piece. Like, I don't know, like a Mike Conley, um, 
Tobias Harris would be a little bit expensive. You could maybe see one of those guys move for Tobias Harris or maybe a two-team or a two-player trade from the from the uh, Clippers, but we, we aren't exactly sure. This is all speculation, but Tony did actually talk a little bit about um, what the Jazz might do uh, at the trade deadline. It's coming up. I believe it's on February 7th is when the trade deadline ends. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but here's what Tony had to say uh, when we talked to him about uh, what kind of moves that we could see the Jazz make at the trade deadline, uh, especially with the history, history of them being very aggressive. I absolutely expect them to be aggressive in listening to what the marketplace says. Um, and, you know, I think it's a balancing act for the Jazz right now because you can make um, a, a case that they should be aggressive on the market, but they also don't want to that aggression to take them out of the free agent market because they absolutely mm -hmm. want to be aggressive on the free agent market. Yeah, so they want to be aggressive, and um, the Jazz have had several big impact trades. Uh, we saw it was last year that they added Jay Crowder. Um, two years ago uh, was when they added, was it, no, they added Joe Johnson free agency. They moved Joe Johnson um, last year, though. They moved him in a trade to Houston. Um, but it was the uh, Rodney Hood two years ago. Sorry, I'm getting confused, but... Um, I'm trying to give you silent signals over here. Oh, yeah, he's nodding along. Uh, <laughs> but even earlier this season, the Jazz made a pretty big move when they saw a lack of consistency in the three-point shooting um, by adding Kyle Korver, moving Alec Burks, who's a guy that kind of clogs the lanes because he's um, some he's an elite uh, guy that can drive. Well, I, I shouldn't say elite, but he's a very talented... His best skill set is his ability to slash. Um, and so... Add, uh, taking him because he can't really play on the court at the same time as Donovan and adding a guy like um, uh, Kyle Korver that can space the floor a little bit. And Tony actually talked about the impact of Kyle Korver's trade, um, bringing him on the Jazz as well. He talked about that on Saturday. So I, I think what you're going to see, I think you're going to see them uh, listen to what the marketplace says. And if there's something that makes sense, and it makes sense in terms of this will make our team better, and it's a no-brainer. I think that they, they wouldn't hesitate to do something. Um, but I think, I think you're seeing what you're seeing, what you've seen in the last month is how much better the Kyle Corver trade has made the Jazz. Yeah, it's had a huge impact. Um, he's a veteran presence. He obviously spent a lot of time with the Jazz in the past. Um, he has a ring, 1-1 with Cleveland uh, two seasons ago. Um, and he's one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. In fact, he's even coaching Donovan along. So I was listening to David Locke's podcast earlier today. And shout out to the Locke, man. Shout out to David Locke. Uh, so David um, uh, said on Locked on Jazz earlier today that before the first game against Detroit um, that the Jazz played at the beginning of January, uh, Donovan approached Kyle and said, hey, I, want, I need to work on my three-point shooting. Can you work with me? Spent several hours together before that game. Um, the main focus was on minimizing the movement in Donovan's shot um, and just making it a very uh, quick brief, no extra movement, um, no extra waste of energy, uh, so it's not being expended um, on his shot. And since that time, he's now shooting 42% from three. And 
in terms of what it gave us confidence to just work with Kyle, who's one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. He said that it was a 9.9 out of 10 in improving his confidence. So um, just having a guy like that in your locker room adds a lot of confidence and not only with the scheme, but just what the guys are going to feel about uh, the ability to make plays. Yeah, so the uh, Jazz team looks great. We we love what we're seeing from our guys. Um, yeah, Kyle Korver has been just phenomenal for us. And so we'll see what happens um, as the season goes along when the trade, trade deadline comes up. And, um, yeah, we'll, I know we'll all be watching intently for that. Um, anything else you guys want to say about the Jazz? Hashtag bring Otto to Utah. Bring who to Utah? Bring Otto. Otto Porter Jr. <laughs> oh, Isn't he he the perennial jazz trade rumor? Yeah, I think he's been like the yeah every year like hey let's go after Otto Porter who's (laughs) the most expensive player on the Wizards roster by like three million dollars per year. That's all the Jazz need to be a contender. He's he's paid three million dollars more than Bradley Beal who's by far the best player on that roster, and then seven million dollars more than thirty-two million I think is his cap hit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's paid seven million dollars more than uh, John Wall I think just. Something absolutely ridiculous. Um, I so hear he's a jazz target, though. He, I, th- I think he's always a jazz target. So is Jimmer. <laughs> Go after Jimmer. Jimmer's, Just, on, Jimmer's only making a million and a half. Look, here's the thing. China. If I, the Jazz really want to improve their three point shooting, go after Jimmer. Go get Jimmer. Might as well go after LeBron while you're at it. And Kuz. Oh, Let's get Kuz. Can you imagine Jimmer and Kuz on the same the same NBA team in Salt Lake. But BYU and Utah fans' heads would explode at the exact same time. (laughs) Like what like if Jimmer if Jimmer and Kyle Kuzma if Jimmer Fred and Kyle Kuzma played in a jazz uniform on the court and Jimmer threw an oop to Kuz at the same time. Okay, so if they're on the court at the same time, what do jazz fans do? Because they can't boo but they also can't cheer. You get over yourself. What what do they do? You get over yourself. They're not Utah BYU anymore. They're jazz men, okay? Just get over it, okay? There's a reason why the jazz are purple. There's a reason that the jazz are purple. That is the Weaver best State. thing Because Steve Sarks is a Weaver guy. <laughs> that's, that's exactly And we're getting Damian Lillard. <laughs> Speaking confirmed. of which, did you see that Randy Ray was sitting courtside when Portland was here on Monday? He was. Yeah. Uh, so I think was... he's gone to every Portland jazz game um, since uh, since Dame was drafted. I guarantee that Dame's. Yeah, pretty sure. I think Calling he's in a couple favors. Yeah, he's probably so. hooking them up. Uh, no, it's uh, shout out to Randy Ray. Yeah, shout out to Randy Ray. But um, yeah, we've uh, the Jazz are improving. They're up to sixth in the West, and when you're in position to make a playoff spot, you usually see a couple, one or two of your guys make an All Star team. But uh, the All Star starters are going to be announced tonight. Um, just based on the fan voting, Rudy Gobert was great. Even now in the we're going to have to make 10. sure to post us tonight. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh Rudy Gobert was in, in the top ten for uh the uh the fan voting, so um which is fifty percent of the starter vote. So we'll see where he ends so up. I'm guessing he's not a starter. Yeah, I mean that's like a ninety-nine point nine percent sure that he's not gonna be a starter. But what we're gonna do on Sports Beat after hours is make our official predictions for who will be the starters for the East and West teams, um based on uh what we've seen through the first part of the season. So that'll be announced later tonight on TNT or earlier today. Yeah. Depending d- on when you listen. Depending on when you're listening to this, I guess. <laughs> um, how do you want to do this? You well, wanna... let's just go through 
Uh, do you, do you want to go all five, or should we should we draft this? So, so why don't we draft? Let's make it a draft, but we'll each person will do their. So we'll split it up: three front court players, two back court players. Okay. So, uh, we'll start with Hema. Uh, okay. Am I doing? We'll start what? with West, West and go East because West <clears throat> is way better. Okay. Let's see. So you said start with the front court. Yeah. Um. Okay, West. I'm trying to think. So no Jokic. pressure. You've got the number one <laughs> overall pick in the uh, Sports Beat After Hours All Star oh voting draft. Okay, so honest. Okay, this might be Homer of me. I'd like to see Rudy, but he won't start. Are we trying to be realistic, or is yeah, it like realistic. we want? Well, okay. whatever you want. If you want people to think that you're oh, geez. not serious and can't take you serious, and I'm not have serious. No idea what's going on? Then since since when have any of us ever been? Might serious, as well Zach. add Grace and Allen to that All Star <laughs> team while we're at it. Um. Okay. Realistically, wait, wait, he's not a candidate. Uh, what? Uh, okay. It's been a little busy helping. Okay, Hema, you're on the clock. Oh, jeez. Okay. Hema, so, you're on the uh, clock. You're running out of time. Roger Jokic. Goodell is coming to the mic. Right. Jokic. Number one, further the back, right? Front, is court, front, court. front court. Okay. Um, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Jokic. Jeez. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I haven't even thought about this. Um, here, you go. You, you, you pick your number one. Number <laughs> so one. I'm going to go Anthony Davis. Um, I'll start with Anthony Davis, LeBron, who I am guessing is going to be the captain, um, of the West team. And then for my third spot, it's basically down to Paul George and Kevin Durant. Um, then I'm going to go with Katie just because of the popularity he has. And I mean, not having Katie as a starter is just completely asinine. Same with LeBron. Um, I just think AD is going to be that third guy in the front court. I'm, I mostly agree with you there, except I think Paul George is going to pick up a couple more votes in terms of being a starter, especially. Um, not just for this year, but also as sort of a lifetime achievement, career legacy. No, I, I, I think that and would I, be great. I the, think he's got a little, little bit ballot. more on that. So I'd probably pull out uh, I'd probably pull out AD. Go LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Paul George. So kind of a small lineup then. Yeah. I mean, since when has the All-Star game ever meant like yeah, that's anything true. about actual positions? That's true. That's why we have three front court and two back court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Hammond, do you want to finish off your team? Um, No. <laughs> I don't really care about the All-Star game. I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> so so you're like 90% of the players that get invited. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. I mean, in all honesty, all Hammond cares about was Donovan possibly um, defending his slam dunk championship yeah, that's not happening not. thanks a lot and Donald. then uh joe ingles making the skills contest which and he doesn't want to make to and he's really either. upset about it but you know what? i get it because like joe's got twins and if anyone has kids like you know that like you don't want to work more you want to break no but see i feel like that's a re- more of a reason for joe ingles to go to the nba skills contest because then he can get away from renee and the kids <laughs> For a couple extra days and like get a decent night's sleep in like some whatever five star hotel. In Charlotte, he in said. He said, "Have you ever been to Charlotte?" What's <laughs> the exact words that I he mean, said? Charlotte's <laughs> would ask if he wanted to go. Charlotte's decent, you know. It's he okay. said he's been there five times and he doesn't look forward to making an extra trip this season. I'm I'm sure they've got a really nice Hilton Homestead Resort <laughs> that has an outback in the parking lot. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure hey, Charlotte is great. Hey, he's an Applebee's man, okay? He is an Applebee's man. Do you think they I'm are, sorry, though? Joe. We should ask our uh, homie Tom Hackett if he's an Outback or an Applebee's guy. 
Come on, that's just prejudice right there. <laughs> yeah, that might have been a <laughs> that little That crossed racist. a line. Uh, who are your two guards, Zach? Uh, my two guards, I'm going to go with uh, Harden and Curry. Yeah, I think it's pretty unanimous there. I, I don't think there's any. Uh, if that. anything, Sorry, um, I think that the maybe the third option to slide in there would be um, Utah's own Damian, well, Weber State's own Damian Lillard. But who do you take I, him? Who I'd do you take love out? to see Dame Dollar push out either Steph or Harden, but. He's not gonna. He's not gonna push out Harden, um, and the problem is that Steph's having like the second best year in his career. Yeah, it's just, um, and it's Harden's too high just of a like standard. yeah, it's it's too high, and um, but that doesn't really take away from what Dame's done this year because he's had a really great season. Now, if Damian Lillard played in the Eastern Conference, for example, um, I think he is easily the number one guard. Well, I think on the East also. So team. you have Kyrie and Vic. With Vic got went down with a horrible knee injury oh, yesterday. We don't need to talk about that. Um, Wade. I don't think Dwayne Wade will. I, I mean, the only way is if the fan vote really bolsters him up. Unless you're going to go with that. I'm. I'm just going to be quiet about Dwayne Wade. You don't like him. I'm just going to. I'm just not, so no comment. Well, well, while while we're here on the guard position on the Eastern Conference, uh, I'd probably go with Kyrie and Kemba. Um. Yeah, I might throw in Kyle Lowry, maybe. Okay. But that's a little bit def- by default. Um, but Kyrie and Kim are probably a good pick over there. Do you have any anything to add on that, Hannah? He doesn't uh, care. Uh, He's okay. He just wants to know if Joe's um, going to be in the skills I, competition. I do think the front court in the East are, is probably the only real, like, true slam dunk options that you have in the All-Star game. Um, because I, I do think – I think you've got a lot of guards who aren't quite that that elite level. Um, sort of thing in the Eastern Conference, and so you could sort of interchange a whole bunch of names at least at one guard spot. Yeah. Um, I think most people are pretty consigned that Kyrie Irving's making it. Right. Um, however, in the front court, uh, I think there are three slam dunk options, uh, and if you've got anyone other than these slam dunk options, I would be very, very surprised, uh, and that's Giannis, Kawhi, and Joel Embiid. Absolutely, yeah. yeah yep. I think that's the only options that you have i mean Giannis is playing at mvp level unfortunately um i mean you've got two-time rookie of the year ben simmons sitting out there maybe no probably not i mean Kawhi. Kawhi has seen a resurgence the only thing that you can maybe not Kawhi on on pace for another rookie of the year so so i'll say this with Kawhi. he sat out of i think 12 or 13 games so far this season that's true the only th- knock that maybe um, when the vote goes around to coaches and players is that he hasn't played enough games, and so maybe that's where Ben Simmons slips in um, to play that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's positionless, but he'd slide into that small forward position. But uh, what Kawhi's done when he's on the court, I think he deserves to start. Joel Embiid, probably the second-best center in the NBA. Um, and then, like I said earlier about Giannis, he's a freak. He's having an MVP type season. Um, unfortunately there's this guy named James Harden who's just unbelievable, lit up the garden for sixty one points yesterday. Um yeah, so uh we'll see what happens. We'll see how it shakes out um tonight or how it worked out earlier today. If you guys are listening after the draft, um then uh go ahead go ahead and tweet us with how horrible our takes are. Uh at can, Rod you can Zundel. tweet us at Rod Zundel, Z U N D A L Um so yeah, uh, uh, it's been um, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes up and uh, what um, 
if if Rudy does make it, I really hope he does, just because I really I like Rudy and I feel that he deserves it. So um So, uh, unfortunately, we are going to have to move on to a sore subject. Um, it'll be brief, though. Do we, though? Do it'll we? be brief. It'll be brief. Uh, we're going to talk some college basketball. Hey, hey, hey. We got two top 25 college basketball teams in the state of Utah right now. Uh, Slick and Snow. Close. Close. Snow just barely fell Newer out. state. Of course, I'm talking about the 21st-ranked Utah women's basketball team oh. <laughs> um, and 25th on some ballots BYU women's basketball team. No, I think uh, let's give some props to the women's basketball teams at uh, BYU and Utah. BYU with a huge win on Thursday. Last Thursday, over number 13, Gonzaga. Uh, and then... Hashtag beat the Zags. Um, as any BYU fan would say, just like the little sister in this case that Utah is, had to follow it up with up showing number 16, Colorado, on Friday night. So, always following in the coattails of their older sisters down south. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pay no attention to that November matchup where yeah, Utah beat BYU. <laughs> exactly. Pay uh, no attention. Uh, no, I, I think BYU fans historically ignore... History, so um, it's all about what the context is at the proper time, and so hey, excuse me, sir. BYU fans are the most historical fan base on Twitter, right? Because they're living thirty-four years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They <laughs> know their um, history, or at least the history of nineteen eighty-four. Well, I mean, and their fan base has been around longer than fifteen years, so um, that's true. That's but true. <laughs> uh, that's shouts true. to both BYU and Utah fans, and shouts to the they have BYU it. and Utah women's basketball teams because BYU and Utah same number of football national championships. <laughs> Uno, <laughs> but what we've seen from uh, well, let's start with Utah because we did a cool feature story on them last week on Sports Beat. Um, Hema was out there. He met the Fab Four freshmen, um, and just said that they were the funnest girls that he's hung out with. Um, in that setting on a basketball team ever in his entire life. Um, I think that's the only time he has. But, no, in all reality, he said that he had a good time getting to know them. And they're fun. If you anyone saw that package, uh, Aaron Sportsbeat, um, you got to see a little bit of their personality. Uh, some of them are hail from the Great White North. Yeah. Um, so shouts to uh, – what was her name? Um, so there's there's actually two freshmen that are from Canada. One's from Quebec, woods. so that's yeah. a cow. One's from Quebec. Uh, that would be French Andy. Canadians are Canadian too, Zach. <laughs> Andy Torres, she's from Quebec, and then um, Nija Becker's from Winnipeg. Okay, I, I can deal with Winnipeg. That's cool. Yeah, and then we got. <laughs> I'm just then, kidding. Shouts to Quebec. And then Dre, um, Andreana, she's from Vegas. Um, I'm spacing it on her last name, but then Drew Gilton's from, uh, uh Dre Edwards, Edwards, that that's right. About, Dre Edwards. And Dre Edwards is from Vegas. And then, uh, Drew Gilton's from North Dakota. So nowhere. She's from nowhere. It's basically Canada South. <laughs> um, but these four Dre. were freaking My name hilarious. is Andy. They were the best. My name um, is Dre. I literally and I'm Drew. pull up. <laughs> there was no, none of this. Yeah, that's all them. I'm, I just stay like this. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude. These girls were hilarious. I pull up to the the um wherever they're practicing and um their SID's like, So do you want me to pull them up one at a time or what? And I was like, I don't I don't know. What do you think's best? She's like, You'll probably want them all together all at once. And I was like, You sure? She was like, Yeah. And I do not regret that because it was probably the best 15 minutes I've had talking to people in like a long time. These girls were hilarious. And uh, you can tell that they have instant chemistry. You mean aside from this podcast, right? No, including this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> These, no, they're just, they have this chemistry. They like. If you'd like to host ASL Sports Beat After Hours podcast, <laughs> we're looking for a third uh, co host. You can apply by tweeting at JJ Sports Beat. It was a great experience, and you can tell why that the Utah women's team is so success- successful is because um, the four girls that are starting and playing um, have great chemistry, um, and they've just uh, brought a, a spark that the team needed, especially after losing um, Provo, uh, Denisha, 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 Provo, um, to any injury. Like they definitely needed a spark, and so those girls brought it, and it's been great. Well, and they're going to get a big chance to prove themselves over the next week because they play three straight top ten teams. Um, most notably, I believe, is Stanford on Sunday. So, Yeah, so they've got uh, number six Stanford uh, on the docket as well as Cal. Mm-hmm. They're headed to the Bay Area. Uh, another perennial top 25 team. Um, but uh, this is But this is a team that I think they've kind of – they've taken all challengers and they've really – They've handled everybody for the most part. I mean, they're sixteen and one on the season, first top twenty-five appearance since the final poll of the two thousand eight season. Um, Coach Rob up there is really building a nice program. Yeah, it's been. Uh, uh, we got to give credit to uh, what they're doing up there, and um, wish wish them best of luck uh, when they head out to the Bay Area, and um, hopefully they can pick up a, a couple more wins and um, just continue with their success. They're sixteen and one so far this season. And uh, it'd be cool to see them. They're projected to make the NCAA tournament at this point right now, and it'd be cool to see them continue their success. Um, with BYU, as we mentioned earlier, uh, beat number 13 Gonzaga. Big win. Uh, Sarah Hampson's back. Um, she missed volleyball season because of a knee injury. Um, big performance out of Shaylee Gonzalez, I believe, on Thursday. And then on Saturday, they followed up against Portland, a game that they should win. Um Struggle a little bit, come out a little bit slow. Only, Shaley only Gonzalez, led that game for two minutes. Yeah, Shaylee Gonzalez struggles, and Maria Albiero. Uh, yeah, one of eleven from the field, eleven points, eleven assists. But you know, she got her uh, she got her passing working, and she was able to find Maria Albiero a bunch, uh, who came off the bench to score sixteen and to lead the Cougars in the win. Yep, career high. Uh, yeah, career high. Um, and now they are nine and zero. Eight and zero in uh, WCC play, so uh, currently yeah, they've won ten straight, eight and zero in conference play. They're the only team, uh, only unbeaten team in the West Coast Conference now. So shout out to Coach Jeff Judkins. Yeah, Jeff Judkins is. I mean, talking about really building a program, Jeff Judkins has done a great job building that women's program. Coming in from the U, uh, he was a coach on the men's team there and um, under Rick Majerus, and he's just continued a tradition of great coaching from Rick Majerus and. I'm really applied to this women's team, and they're having a great season. And um, I don't know why we would, wouldn't expect it to continue uh, throughout the rest of WCC play. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And that's uh, that's saying a lot better than uh, their men counterpart, who uh, 
host St. Mary's tonight. We're not even going to talk about it. No. Because the last why? time they played St. Mary's, what, two weeks ago, it was a 20-point blowout? Why preview the 4-5 game in the WCC tournament? I mean, that's that's my question for you, Zachary Hagen. Why, why bother previewing the 4-5 game in the WCC tournament? Yeah. Because that's what BYU and St. Mary's is right now. Like, let's be totally honest. Let's let's be realistic here. Yeah. Uh, coming off of the first loss at San Francisco since joining the West Coast Conference in 2011, um, they've got St. Mary's this week, number four Gonzaga next week. BYU basketball is not in a great place right now. No. And I think fans are kind of figuring that out as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you lose your best player two years in a row, uh, because they're leaving early to go play professional basketball. Not a great sign. Also, when you don't play defense on the road and you're averaging 95 points per game allowed, it's not good. Yeah, lost It's their be- not good. Lost their second-best player, best scorer to the Israeli Pro League. Not the NBA. Yeah. The Israeli Pro League. Yeah. Um, shout-out to Eli. Yeah, shout-out to Eli. Uh, but, um, I mean, in all reality... At least we have, like, Weber State. SUU's had a great run the last four or five games um, in uh, Big Sky play. Uh, Utah State doing well. So we do got to give credit where credit's due. Um, just uh, BYU and Utah, who are the traditional powerhouses in the Smith. state. Yeah, shouts to Craig Smith, what he's doing up at Utah State. Um, but we're going to get to a point. Uh, we're going to talk the Baseball Hall of Fame elections. Oh, are we? Yeah. There, so there was there was a certain closer <clears throat> who was elected to uh, Cooperstown to the Baseball Hall of Fame this week. Uh, Zach, do you know do you do you know what team he plays for? Uh, well, he's not playing anymore. That's why he got or elected play, to the Hall of for? Fame. Did I say plays? I mean, I mean played for. Um. He was a, he was a guy. Yeah, he, he was a guy. A, he, he played for a team. I mean, he. I don't know. Did he do something special in the postseason? I don't know. I, I no. Know. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> Shout shout out to uh, Mariona Rivera Mo, the first unanimous selection to the Baseball Hall of Fame, wasn't Babe Ruth, wasn't Willie Mays, wasn't even Hank Aaron or Ken Griffey Jr. I think Ken Griffey wasn't Jr. wasn't even Jackie Robinson. Yeah, wasn't even Jackie Robinson, whose number is retired across all of baseball. It's the last guy to wear forty two, Mariona Rivera, the greatest closer in the history of baseball, and there's no doubt saying that. Um, even though I'm a big Red Sox fan, those of you guys who are longtime listeners to the podcast know I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. Um, he's the Red Sox killer. Uh, all I'm going to say is 2004, the 2004 ALCS, and so we can get this turned off. Um, but he's the greatest closer in the history of baseball. Um I, he deserves this. Uh, I think that there are other players who definitely deserve to be unanimous picks, mainly the guys that I named before, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, King Griffey Jr., uh, Greg Maddox, a lot of really great players that um, deserve that honor. But it was really cool to see that reaction from Mariano and be able to share that with his kids, his wife, um, and just see the joy on their face when they said, hey, you're elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. By the way, it was a unanimous pick. All the people that voted voted for you in. So um, that was really special to see. and Including one Boston-based sports writer who before the election said, I can't vote I can't vote for Mariano. 
Um, but I'm I'm gonna defer. I'm gonna pass this year mm-hmm. so that he can be a unanimous pick. He, then, did, he gave then, up his ballot this yeah, year. Yeah, he 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 said he was going to give up his ballot, and then he flipped. Yeah, and just like a day before the announcement said, just kidding. I decided to vote for Mariano Rivera because he's that good. Yeah, so yeah, he deserves it. Um, shouts to you, Mariano. And uh, one thing that I saw yesterday on Twitter that was really cool um, was. Uh, I think it was Andy Pettit and Derek Jeter um, going out and getting Marion off the mound for his last appearance in a Yankee uniform. Um, that was really special. Uh, Derek's going to be uh, uh, eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next guy to be a unanimous pick because he was such a Maybe. popular. He was such a popular player. Maybe everyone loves Derek Jeter, dude. Everyone loves Derek Jeter. It's also significantly tied to a certain era. Okay, so but I think that's going to cost him something. But here's the I'm thing: not, he I'm never, not he never not failed a, a test, though. No, and I'm, I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer, but I think that might cost him a couple of votes and keep him from being unanimous. We'll see what happens. Um, the Baseball Writers Association of America is a is weird a organization. Very strange beast. Yeah, it's a very strange beast. Oh well, when Ken Griffey Jr. doesn't get in unanimously, um, you know that it's odd, and I, I understand part of the politics. Or hey, you know what? There's a guy who's in his eighth or ninth year of being on the ballot, and some of the writers feel that these guys need votes because they only have so many opportunities to, so they'll give up a guy who's in his first year of eligibility that they know is going to get in. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, it was cool to see um, Rivera elected. Um, also, Roy Halladay, the late Roy Halladay, the late Roy Halladay, brother Halladay, who I just um, growing up as a baseball fan, the way he pitched. Um, there was a lot of respect that I had for him. He was uh, a Blue Jay um, and, a, and a champion with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, two teams that I really enjoyed following, especially that um, 2008 Phillies team with like oh, oh eight Phillies were great. with like Ro- Ryan Howard yeah. and Cliff Lee and uh, Jimmy Rollins. Sec- um, second best pitching staff in the history of Major League Baseball. Oh yeah, oh, behind the 01 Diamondbacks. Yeah, hands down. Shout shout out to uh, actually shout out to my former. Uh, pitching coach in high school, Mike Morgan, he was on that pitching staff for the Diamondbacks. The journeyman, he played for like 14 different MLB teams over four decades. He played four decades, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike Morgan. Um, so, uh, Speaking of Mike, Mike Mussina also on the ballot. Mike Mussina gets the, in, uh, former Yankee and uh, Baltimore Oriole. And then Edgar Martinez. Um, probably Finally. One of, probably one of the best two designated hitters in the history of the uh, – of the league, the second one, um, uh, uh, my own David Ortiz is eligible for the ballot next year. That's his first year of eligibility. So, um, very comparable numbers with uh, Big Poppy. Um, he's just lacking some championships. Where Big Poppy has three, uh, but we're not going to delve into that. Um, it, but it, cel- celebrate Seattle because this is an honor that's been a long time coming for Edgar, one Edgar Martinez. Yeah, this is really cool, and um, yeah. he definitely deserves it. So uh, shout-out to uh, the four guys that were elected to the Hall of Fame yesterday. Um, shout-out to Hema Hemuli, who was not elected to Cooperstown yesterday. But there's always next year, Hema. There's always there's next always year. next year. You're Second year of eligibility. You know he needs to be in there. Cubs great Henry Rowengardner. Uh, I don't know why he's not in the discussion. Youngest baseball player to have played the game. I mean, while we're at it, we might as well talk about former uh, great Cleveland Indian Willie Mays Hayes. From the shoulder, 
slowly. Funky butt loving. That this is this is the extent of my baseball knowledge. Literally, is like all those movies from the nineties. I loved them. Well, and now we get to the point of the podcast where Zach checks out. We're gonna start talking RSL. <laughs> are we? Are we? Hey, Mooley, uh tags back in, and <laughs> Zach Hicken tags out. Not much going on with RSL, I guess, so who cares? No. Um, it just opened preseason. Y- we did? Yeah, on Holy Monday. Holy crap. I know that there was like a whole expansion draft, right? FC Cincinnati coming into the league. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. we lose anybody? I don't even know. No. no. Yeah, so. What's their mascot? Cincinnati Chili? It should be. It should be. It should be. A big bowl of Cincinnati um, Chili. I think they're unofficially the Bearcats because that's where they play is at uh, Nippert Stadium. Uh, oh, cool. Home of the University of Cincinnati football that's the, team. Like, that's the oldest uh, college football stadium. I, is it? I think or something like that. That doesn't seem right. Maybe it's not. It's Hold pretty on, old. It do... was built in like Keep, keep talking. I'm going to do some Google research. But now that I think about it, I feel like probably like Harvard yeah, would have like an older Harvard stadium. Or like Yale or something. Um. I'm maybe just making up facts. I don't know. I remember something odd about, like... According to the internet, uh, the oldest active college football stadium in the Football Bowl subdivision belongs to one Bobby Dodd Stadium at Historic Grant Field, Georgia Tech. Okay. uh, Followed by Davis Wade, Mississippi State. Okay. Uh, They started playing in 1914. And then Nippert is third. Okay. Wow. Uh, home of the University of Cincinnati. They they opened up in 1915, the same year as the same year as uh, Hemingway, Old Miss. Um, and then just before uh, Camp Randall Stadium at Wisconsin, wow. 1917. Cool. Thank so, you, uh, Digital Deacon. <laughs> so shout out to the internet. Uh, yes, shout out to FC Cincinnati. Um, and uh, yeah, RSL's back in action. It's cool to. They're back. They're back. I won't play oh. the song for you. I won't. They're back. Much. Back in the playoff group. Do not. They're not eh. back in the playoffs yet because the season hasn't started. Season starts in March. Um. Uh. Shortest. Shortest season in the modern era for Major League Soccer. Yay or nay? They're gonna be done before Thanksgiving, Hema. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? You thumbs like up. It? Yeah. You like it? Yeah. Cause it's. I mean, I do love soccer, but like. There's a whole bunch of other sports that it gets start. Long. Season it, gets really long. Yeah, season gets long. I mean, it's it's great for the summer because you have something to watch during the summer. After you watch a baseball game? No, you have something to watch during Again, the summer. Again, you have something to watch. After you watch the world <laughs> champion Red Sox play an East Coast 7 o'clock start. But then, like, soon as you hit, as soon as you hit the fall, it's like, I would actually rather watch playoff baseball and, like... You know, basketball yeah. and baseball. The world champion Red Sox making another run. Baseball, the world does, baseball doesn't matter before October, is it? It really doesn't exist until October. Except for 162 games that are played. <laughs> yeah. 101? Uh, wait, how many games? That's too many. How many? 162. You want to you want to talk about a season that needs to be contracted? Somebody call Don Garber. <laughs> it probably should go down to 156. I'm not going to. Somebody call Don Garber and get the Major League Baseball season contracted. Hema, Hema, send a text. Send a text to Commissioner Garber. We're going to see some major changes in baseball because I think there's going to be a work stoppage in the next year. Um, 
and we're going to see some major changes with uh, contracts and maybe the length of the season and a bunch of stuff. But who cares? Let's go back to Major League Soccer, the beautiful game. There's really nothing much to no, say. No, that's, that's really all we've um, got. I mean, what? We signed, we extended Rusnak, and we extended, who else got an extension? The GM. Oh, that's right. Hey, look at you, Zach. I think Craig Weibel got an extension. Paying attention to the front office, Zach. Um, but guys, we also got, as far as spring sports goes, um, so the women's team, when do they start? March also, I think. Um, the Royals. Oh, the Utah Royals FC. Yeah. They open in March. Um, we got thing. We got football starting in February. Spring football? No. Um, the American Alliance of Football. Never heard of them. AAF football. football. Never heard of them. No one's heard Salt of them. Salt Lake Stallions. They're going to crawl the West. <laughs> They're going to crawl the West. Hashtag crawl the That's West. their official slogan yes. this year. Hashtag full steed ahead. I mean, full Sean Sean has a Salt Lake Stallions podcast, so he can tell us a little bit Most more about Most popular them. Salt Lake Stallions podcast <laughs> in America. Thank you I, very much. I really am excited for the Stallions, just because more football is great. Um, it starts the week after the Super Bowl. Yeah, so it's like you don't even have to stop. You just keep pumping football into your veins. And nothing says football in February, like Rice Stadium. Yeah. Amen. And then uh, we also got Can't wait. Utah Warriors rugby uh, in February also. I think their home game's not till March or something. Maybe later. Maybe I got the They're coming up, though. Yeah. Shout out I know to they're Alf. on the road first. So, uh, yeah, shouts to the Warriors. Utah Warriors, not the other Warriors. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. Utah Warriors really should sign Steph Curry, though. <laughs> be a great like, wing back. I feel like that would be a great move. Um, no, what, dude? Steph's totally a fly half. <laughs> Steph Curry's totally a fly half. I'm gonna need to go to some Warriors rugby <laughs> games this year so I can actually learn a thing or two about <laughs> rugby. Um, that, it would be entertaining. And uh, speaking of entertainment, oh, dude, that's a good segue. I was gonna say that. Um, that uh, the uh, what's going on right now? The film festival. Holy crap! Sundance. Sundance. Yeah, Sundance is going on. But that was a good segue. I really liked it. Oh, I like the set Sundance thing too. So we'll throw that in. Sundance is entertaining, and so is uh, pop culture. So we're gonna take our pop culture minute, and uh, um, why don't you guys give an update on what you guys have been watching recently and what you guys have liked? And then I'm gonna go on a rant, and then we can end the podcast. Okay, you go, Sean. Um. So, I haven't really been watching a whole lot lately, aside from Netflix. Just finished season four of Fuller House. Season four? Yeah, they're on season four. They're rolling. I they, think they're like halfway to what the original Full House was <laughs> I was, was going to say, they are almost, I think they're about a year and a half away from syndication, so that's oh. good. <laughs> um, but uh, I've actually been listening to an album for the last two game, two two days. Ooh. Um, have you guys ever heard of a little ditty called Weezer? You mean the greatest band in the world declared by Mark yes. Wahlberg on SNL? Yes, that, <laughs> one, that one indeed. So Weezer's got a new album. I heard the Teal album. Yeah, so in, in the tradition of all Weezer albums, it's called the Teal album. And uh, the Teal album uh, does not have a single original song. I think it's eight tracks, nine tracks. They're all covers? Yeah, every single one of them are covers. Um, so here's a little sample for you.
but but yeah, no, that's cool. Shouts to Weezer. Um, I I really love their uh, cover of uh, Africa by Toto, and I'm sure that this is probably where it all spun off of. Um, great uh, like promotion from SNL a few weeks ago though by a whole skit, like a whole skit about Weezer and um. And excuse me, it wasn't Mark Wahlberg. It was Matt Damon. Uh, got in a fight on. Uh, I confuse SNL. the two of them. A yeah, lot oh, too. I mean they're both from Boston. I mean, Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. Matt Damon loves Weezer. Apparently, that's how you remember the two. Um, but uh, yeah, I, um, we got another song playing. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly and is also known as a buster. Always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass. So, no, I don't want your number. No, I don't want Okay, so I heard that this is like the worst cover of the whole album. I might have to agree, although I haven't listened to the whole album yet. But, Weezer's. Early contender. Yeah, early. So. It's, it's pretty bad, and the internet right now is currently aflame. Absolutely aflame with hot takes about Weezer's version of the TLC classic, No Scrubs. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, so if you haven't listened, um, you can buy it on all of the normal places right now. Or because we live in a post-buying music age, it's also available on Spotify, Amazon Music Unlimited. Um, Apple Music. Apple Music, yeah, all of those good places, so you can go stream it now. So let me tell you about what I've been watching, and then we can get to Zach's uh, rant. Um so I just started Schitt's Creek. I don't know if you heard about that. I think it's an FX show. I don't remember, but it's do Eugene I, Levy. Wait, do I do I need to bleep out the title? No, it's Schitt's with a CH. Oh, okay. okay. Um, We're good then. It's a name. And uh, I also just finished binging the entirety of Brooklyn Nine Nine because season six of Brooklyn Nine Nine came out on NBC, our affiliate. So. Uh, I watched the entire first five seasons, and then I got caught up with the sixth season, and it's been great. So if you haven't watched it, check it out. Andy Samberg, it's on NBC. It's really good. Yeah, I actually started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, I'm almost done with season one. Uh, my wife and I are watching it together rather than him turning it on in his car and watching it on his drive home to Tooele. Um, I mean, listening to it. On his drive home from Twilla. Uh no, I'm uh I had a girlfriend once that I like to listen to a lot of Netflix series with. <laughs> what was her name? Just kidding. We know that's not true because I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> uh <laughs> we've talked about my dating life on this podcast. We before. have. We're well aware of it. Twenty nineteen's your year though, Sean. Twenty nineteen um, is my year. We are uh we uh so I have been watching just a crap ton of action movies lately. Um, started with, uh, Equalizer, then went into Equalizer 2, both phenomenal. Um, it's like a rated R version of Taken, pretty freaking sweet. Um, and then I watched John Wick 1 and 2. Did you guys know John Wick killed 205 people because his dog got killed and his car got stolen? 205 people. He's unbelievable. That, this is Keanu Reeves. You know what I have to say to that? What's that? Whoa. <laughs> uh, this is Keanu Reeves' best mo- movie series. It's better than The Matrix. Um, it's better than Speed, which I know he wasn't in the second one. Um, Bill and Ted. It's better. <laughs> John Wick is a perfect action movie. Excuse me, sir. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. 
Come on now. Come on. You working tonight, Sean? Yeah. Not your night, Sean? No. No, it's uh I I love John Wick. Um that show's sweet. Uh John Wick 3, Cherubellum is coming out later this year. I also watched uh in anticipation of the upcoming Oscars. Bohemian Rhapsody, the uh, biopic of one Freddie Mercury. Great film. Great film. It's, Fantastic film. It's a very entertaining film. Anyone who watched the Golden Globes on NBC, hosted by Andy Sandboig and Sandra Oh, saw that uh, Rami Malek won for Best Actor and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won for Best Picture. Rami Malek's second best work of all time of his career. Are you a fan of Mr. Robot? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, what I'm going to say, his depiction of Freddie Mercury is phenomenal. Um, there were times, especially in that last 20-minute stretch at Live Aid, I wasn't sure if it was actual footage of Freddie Mercury or if it was Rami Malek on oh, stage. Oh my gosh, right? I don't know. So perfect. Th- there are times that I'm 100% convinced that they just threw in a couple frames of Freddie Mercury just because. Because they can do that. It's Hollywood. You can do whatever you want. Um some knocks on him uh it wasn't which i mean who's gonna sing like freddie mercury he lip sang the entire movie um it's also not like a great story and film um compared to uh, another musical drama that came out earlier about a month before um and this is where my rant begins uh the fact that bohemian rhapsody is a favorite for best actor and best film uh, at the Oscars, especially over one A Star is Born, which is the best movie I've seen um, in the last year. Uh, one of two movies I've cried in in the theater, and I'm like tearing up thinking about the end. Um, it's beautiful, uh, it's realistic, it's raw. Um, fantastic performances by uh, Bradley Cooper, especially in his di- uh, directorial debut. Lady Gaga, phenomenal as Ali and uh, uh, Sam Ellington, um, phenomenal as well as uh, Bradley Cooper's brother in the movie. Um, it's just very raw, and it touches on a lot of things. Wait, that they're brothers? I thought that was his dad. No, they're brothers. Did you really not know that? He's old enough to be his dad. He is old enough to be his dad. Don't understand um, how those two are related. It's some messed up gene pool. Yeah, uh, but. I think I'm I'm just appalled that it wasn't even nominated for um he didn't get nominated for best director or best actor um Bradley Cooper and I'm just absolutely stunned, shocked, appalled, upset. I don't know how you leave it off the ballot. Um I know it's a remake of a remake of a remake, but it's the best iteration of the story. It's the most raw version of it. It's the most realistic in the time that we live in in 2018. Now 2019 where so many people with deal with addiction and depression, anxiety, um, mental illness. It was a perfect depiction of all that wrapped up into one in Hollywood and in this big star who saw he's in the in the uh, the post peak of his career and then he gets passed up by the love of his life and he drags her down and he ruins her career and he thinks that gets to the point where spoiler he needs to end his life. And it's so raw. And I was speechless for an hour after I saw it. 
Now, that's not taking away from what Bohemian Rhapsody is. Bohemian Rhapsody, great film, great depiction of Freddie Mercury, one of the greatest rock stars, one of the greatest rock bands of all time, but do you know what it is? It's 2018's version of The Greatest Showman. It embellishes the story of a man. Greatest Showman was P.T. Barnum. Bohemian Rhapsody is obviously Freddie Mercury. It changes things around um, to fit a Hollywood story with the conflict and everything that was going on. Um, granted, I, I, I think Freddie Mercury was generally a good guy. P.T. Barnum was not. He was a scammer. He was a fraudster. And all these people were really upset when they found out that, hey, P.T. Barnum that started the circus was a scumbag. Molester. Even though he can sing and dance and he's played by Hugh Jackman. He's a complete scumbag. But you're entertained by the music, so it's okay. And that's the exact same thing with Bohemian Rhapsody. People are overlooking the lack of accuracy throughout the movie because they play Queen songs at 11. Which is completely fine because Queen's great. But when... You're going to do a biopic of one of the most famous rock stars of all time who dealt with so much conflict in his life as um, an immigrant and um, they touch on it. And his being a, a gay man in the 90s and the 80s, um, I, I think they could have done a, more to it. Sean, I feel like you want to say something. No, I'm just enjoying this rant. I'm done. I'm just I'm just sitting back and uh, I've got I've got my coffee here. I'm just <laughs> sipping my coffee. Okay, I'm gonna say this: Bohemian Rhapsody with entertainment here. value ten out of ten. In terms of being the best film of the movie or best film of the year, best movie of the year, it's not. It's probably the third best one I've seen on the list, um, and I've even gotten through all of them. So, um, yeah, that was fire. Thank you. That was quite. That was quite. The, can we just, Hema? Can we just? I feel like Adam Sandler and Billy Madison when he goes on that huge rant during the debate at the end of the movie, um, and it just turns out that like everything's completely wrong. Um, <laughs> so I'm I am gonna I'm a, I am going to say, Young Zachary, that was by far the worst rant I've ever heard, <laughs> and we are all dumber for having heard it. Thank you. May God have mercy. On your, no, I'm just kidding. I feel like I'm just kidding. I feel like Will Ferrell, um, in old school, after he does the whole debate thing and like everything's just absolutely perfect, except for mine wasn't perfect. But he just he goes into this mode and then he snaps out of it and he's like, "What just happened?" So that that's how I feel right now. So listen, listen, Zach. You're you're. I feel like you're overselling A Star is Born a little bit much. Um, I feel... Bohemian Rhapsody was a good flick. It was a good flick. A I'm really not saying it wasn't. It was a really good flick. And I feel... I just... I feel like there was more raw emotion in Bohemian Rhapsody because of the biopictorial nature of it because you realize that, like, this is all, like, actually true. As opposed Somewhat to like true. kind of true. Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go much further than this because that was a really good rant. And I and I do. I, I Thank appreciate you. that rant. It was it was really good. Um there's a lot that I disagree with it about it. But, That's uh, fine. That's what debate's for. Uh, <laughs> I just 
Okay. So I used to think like you when A Star Is Born first came out, and I movie passed the crap out of it. R.I.P. Movie Pass. Um, I'm probably a big reason why Movie Pass went under because I think I saw that film like six or seven times under the old <laughs> Movie Pass rules. So yeah, I'm admitting to that. Uh, shout out to Movie Pass. Um, and I only so I saw A Star Is Born probably six or seven times, and I only saw Bohemian Rhapsody twice. And I feel like I felt the same emotion of Bohemian Rhapsody of the 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 trials and tribulations and travails of, of Freddie Mercury. I feel like I felt that same emotion in two viewings as it took me five or six through A Star is Born. Because the first time I saw A Star is Born, like, there was a lot about the movie that I just flat didn't get. It's disconnected, it's discombobulated. The writing is very mediocre. Um, <laughs> Bradley Cooper is awesome. Well, I mean the fact that he like, goes and picks up a girl at a drag bar and then the next day <laughs> she's going on tour with him. I, I understand yeah, that. Like, where where is the development? Where is the character? There's like I I didn't feel a reason to care about the characters for the most part. And that's not to say that like the acting was bad, because Bradley Cooper was amazing and Lady Gaga was incredible. And she's got chops. But, like, I didn't understand the brother's relationship for probably 75% of the movie. Uh, I didn't understand, like, spoiler alert, uh, two two main characters get married. Hopefully, y'all have either seen it or you know enough of the synopsis to know, like, they, they're getting married and stuff. Um, and I didn't understand why they were getting married when they first decided to. I'm like, wait, what? You've known each other how long? Like, huh? Uh, Okay. Sure. Um, and so there's just a lot of stuff like that where, like, I didn't feel like they really fleshed out the plot line. They didn't flesh out any character development. Um, and it wasn't until the very end where I actually started to kind of care about these characters. And by okay. then, maybe in some ways it was too late. Because um, last, that last scene and the last song in particular, and I won't give away any more than that, just for the hemis of the world who haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> but, that like, that last song crushed me. Yeah. Like it was incredibly emotional. I loved it. It was so much was great about it. But I also walked out of the theater wondering why did I feel that way about that last moment and about that last song and those last few notes. Like I didn't understand why I was feeling what I did. And that's not to take away from the impact cuz the impact was real and it was great and it was everything that a that a that a Hollywood movie in 2018/2019 should be. Um but I still had to think about why I was feeling the emotions I was feeling. Right. Which I feel is an indictment on mostly the writing of that show. So, again, there was a lot of good to it. Um, I just feel like you're overselling it some. It's possible. I mean, I've only seen it, I think, twice. Yeah, twice. Um, but, uh, I mean, the one thing that I'm still really hung up on, I was 100% convinced that uh, Ali's dad was in the mafia. Um, and when it turns that out that he's been... literally just a limo driver, I was really upset oh by that. that. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a front for the mafia, and I'm not even joking. That um, awesome. Part of that is because I've been watching The Sopranos. Shouts to uh, uh, James Gandolfini and David Chase. 20 years ago, The Sopranos aired, the greatest show in the history of television. But um, One of them. It's number one. One of them. It's number one. Yeah, it's no Mad Men. Come on. Uh, Sean, we're going to get into this next week because um, we've been going way too long. 
Uh, we've yeah, lost... we're coming. We're coming up on two hours. Is anybody still listening to us? Hema's not. Hema is definitely. Hey Hema, come back. Oh, hey Hema, we need you to uh, oh, come on, in I and. Know you uh, can hear me. Uh, put the tag on the show. What's up, guys? Are you done talking about two movies that I haven't seen yet? Cool. Um. Well, thank you for talking about those two movies that I haven't seen yet. Anytime, Hema. That's what we're here for. Really appreciate it. I'll. I probably will see them next year. <laughs> When they come on, come out on Netflix. As per usual. Shout out to Netflix. But uh, yeah, for those of you that are still sticking around, thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahimuli Jr. And right next to me is Zach Haken. Uh, good night, A. And John Walker. <laughs> Shout out to Freddie Mercury. Oh, 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 oh. Bye. Taysom fires it, complete, oh, dropped.